This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back. Um, before we get into it, as usual, we have a lot of admin to get through, a lot of things to remind you of. One of those things is that we're planning more live events, including some free ones. Yeah, that's right. The last one went so well that we're going to put on some more uh, events. And so what we need you to do um, for priority access to live stream and in real life tickets, pop your email address into our mailing list now at darkhorsedigital.co.uk and we will let you know, first of all, where it's all happening, you get priority uh, ticket information before it all goes out to the to the other world. So do that for us. That'd be fantastic. Um, because the last one was so good. The last one was great with Clinton Baptiste and uh, Jen Brister, Amy Cooper, Vic Slayton, and my good self. And we had big knobs and we had uh, producer Paul, man in the screens. It was really good fun. So we're going to do it again. We'll let you know when that is. So just pop us your email address onto the onto mailing list, and we'll do that. That'd be fantastic. Also, this podcast is supported by those wonderful boys at Save Our Souls Clothing, Mark and Stacey. Good boys doing good things with their ethically sourced t-shirts, their vegan-friendly um, ink even. I mean, you can't get better than that. You cannot get better than that. Well, you can, actually, because if you go to their uh, website, sosclothing.co.uk forward slash membrane, and use the 15% discount code MEMBRANE. That will give you money off, like I say, 15%, not only on our t-shirts and hoodies, but across the entire range, their stuff as well. You will get 15% off all of your purchases if you use the code MEMBRANE right across the store. What's not to love about that? Summer is here, kind of. It's gonna warm up very soon. So get yourself some decent hoodies and tees from those good boys that save ourselves clothing. Hell yeah. Now. We've also got to tell you that I will be at the Cambridge Comedy Festival this weekend. I'm going to be emceeing the compilation shows Friday, Saturday. I'm going to be doing Vix Layton's Comedy Arcade podcast record on Sunday. We, um, um, Insane in the Membrane, are doing a live podcast record. Producer Paul will be there. Um, and we've got our brilliant guest, Scott Bennett. Brilliant Scott Bennett, fantastic comedian. He'll be there. He'll be our guest. We're doing it live from the from the Cambridge Comedy Festival. I'm going to be there from Friday to Sunday. I'm going to be doing all manner of things, solo show, all sorts. So pop yourselves along and come and have a good time with your pal. 
All right, your pal Wilson, come on. So, this week's second, this is the second one because we've done, we've got two, we had a bonus one, we've got this one. This is Marcus Brigstock, and I have loved Marcus Brigstock for many, many years. I just, I really, I've, I've always thought he was a brilliant comedian, and I knew he'd be a lovely guy, and he really did disappoint. Like, we kind of know each other vaguely. Like, he taught me how to ski when we were away in the Alps. Well, that comes up in the episode anyway, we talk about that. But he's a really nice guy. We really got stuck in. There's a lot of topics that we covered that I was surprised that we actually got into. It's a brilliant episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. He really is a smashing dude. So, coming up in a minute is Marcus Brigstock. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. A podcast from producer paul.co.uk. Insane in the membrane. Yeah, you had a mad day, a mad day yesterday. When you, when you said, well, I've got 90 minutes in between getting back and then and it late on, I was like, I can't expect you to just jump on. I know you would, probably well, would have done, but it's... I would have, I would have, of course. But I, um, yeah, I, I mean, that was me coming back from Leeds from Steph McGovern's show. Yeah. And honestly, um, when that that came in last year and when it came in, I was like, yes, of course I'll do it. No question. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. At the moment, of course, no worries. I went up and I did it. And I was thinking on the way up thinking, well, you know, half a year ago, if this had been offered, I'd have been like, yeah, maybe <laughs> once if I'm near Leeds. And now I'm like, Oh yes, of course. Uh, but not uh, like even setting the pandemic aside is brilliant. It's brilliant. And it's yeah. been a godsend. It really has. It's like a regular job. What it is, Rich, is going somewhere where it matters if I don't show up. It matters yes. if I'm late. All of that kind of stuff. It's like all of that structure disappearing out of my life was probably more unsettling than the uh, absolutely <laughs> crushing financial worries that we've all had <laughs> for the last year and a half. So, yeah, so I was whizzing back from the, the last 
uh, Steph McGovern show this in this block, mm. then it'll start up again in the autumn, hopefully. Brilliant. So, she's yeah. lovely as well, isn't she, Steph? Excellent. And then antenatal class. Well, yeah, mate, this is it, mate. She's one of those people like, she's like Philip Schofield, where the whole point is she makes it look so easy. Yeah. And it definitely isn't. She's a properly good egg, <laughs> Steph McGovern. But it's Love funny, it. when you see, I did some warm-up the other day, and when you see what goes on behind the scenes, that like we see the magic at the end, like they say the magic of television, and then you, when you actually see what goes on, like the, the, they have to do the, the they have to redo bits, go back over like the, the odd line here and there, and then they go right earlier on we missed this line, you've got to go back, and then out of nowhere, Richard Arwadi had to just say, and that was two points, and he like no, not connected to anything, and you go yeah. yeah, 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 and to keep smiling through all of that. Is, is is it takes a, it takes a skill that I think not a lot of people have really, you know. No, I think it's true. I think it's definitely true. And I'm also like, you would think by now, given how long I've been a stand-up, that I would understand the connection between work and tiredness. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've yeah. just I, like I've I've never allowed it. Weirdly, I've just never sort of allowed it in my life. So I would go in the early days when I was club, you know, club comic working every weekend i would often try and get back for the mm. kids so i'd drive to leicester i'd do a show and i'd come back that night so i was here for the kids and then go back to leicester the next wow. night and do that thursday friday saturday there and back and on sunday be like you know whatever we were doing and then i'd be like a bit grumpy and a bit dysfunctional <laughs> <laughs> but never i genuinely never joined up like yeah i'm unbelievably yeah. tired because it's not, I think what it is, is it's not like tired that you need to go to sleep. It's that you yeah. need rest, you know. So, um, but I have really noticed like going to Leeds and even though it's just sitting in a train, which has been lovely. Yeah. It's well, knackering. Is, it's, yeah. I've really, I've either just got older and noticed it more or, or I. <laughs> well, I think I I see, it's, it's that people don't realise like driving, for example, is is mentally exhausting and so you've just i mean and, and what we do as well i know it's you know people go oh yeah but you know you're just you're just comedians you go yeah but it's stressful we have to you know when we get there we have to make sure if we if we die on stage we could ruin someone's night you know and it's and it's awful dying on stage as well so there's that stress and then you're like and then you like you said you're like right i've got to get back for the kids so you're back in the car. So then you can't remember. I remember once driving to a gig and then I was, in, I was at the gig like half an hour back in the car. And it's about a three and a half hour drive there, three and a half hour back. I had a moment. I couldn't remember which way I was going because <laughs> I was so tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. And there's that thing now where they shut motorways. They don't take them yeah. down to one lane. They just close them. They go, well, the motorway's shut for the next three junctions. Good luck. <laughs> Can I just say, I just, I, I really noticed a really beautiful and touching moment of sincerity and um, humility there from a stand-up where you went, if I die, I could ruin someone's yeah. night. And like, that's great, man. That's really great. Because uh, that, that's the opposite of if I die, I'll feel terrible <laughs> for a week. Like, I won't forgive myself. I could ruin someone else's night. And I, I genuinely noticed it because that's the biggest turnaround in in my stand-up. So I had the whole, like, you start off and it's all just a yeah. wild ride, you know, and you're building momentum and all the rest of it. And then you probably pass through the maybe the difficult spell of trying to work out what you really want to do 
you know, people call mm. it finding your voice or whatever. I don't really like that. But like, what do you want to do as a comedian? And then the popping out the other side for me is is coming back to that crucial thing of like, I'm not there for yeah. me. I'm there for them. I'm their show. I'm less important than they are, even though I'm the one showing off, prancing around with a microphone in my hand, you know? And that thing, like, when I do um, corporates or any sort of like a private booking of any sort, of connecting with that idea of going, well, I, there's a chance here I might be one of the best things about yeah. their night out. And it's it's probably a sign of better mental well-being on my part, but it's also just way better. It's way yeah. more enjoyable, and it leaves the sort of the sc the scope for damage after a very good gig or a very bad gig, both of which are capable of <laughs> ruining me. Um, it, it lessens the potential for damage yeah. from all of that just by going well. It's less about yeah. me than I think. Yeah, and I think it's it does bother me. Obviously that. Dying on stage, you, I, 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 I did a, a course recently to some, to, to newer acts and I was saying to them, I said, this is, you'll get it in your head that you're driving away from Wakefield or wherever and you think that there's now a poster on the wall in Wakefield with your face on it and everyone walks past it and spits it and goes, that bloke there, he's the worst person that's ever been to Wakefield. <laughs> we hate that man. I said, chances are they couldn't pick, pick you out of a lineup the next day. But at that moment, you know, you and you yeah. will, it, it will stay in your head and it will bother you. Of course it will. It, it, because you, you have empathy and you give a shit about them and you. And and it's it's a really strange thing we do. But we do it. That I can't even explain why I do it. It isn't like during the lockdown, people are going, oh, we need the attention. It's narcissism. And I'm like, I don't think it is narcissism. I don't like It's not if you, if you, the true meaning of the word narcissism. Isn't it me just wanting to stand in people, make, in front of people, making them laugh? Narcissism is something awful. No. It, no, it would be, narcissism would be you doing stand-up alone <laughs> uh, to, to the mirror <laughs> because you think you're brilliant. No, I think, I, look, I don't, I don't really think that the instinct, the drive towards it is wholly healthy, but nor do I think is it, 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 it's a negative, not in my life. And it's interesting, before the pandemic came along, I was talking to my therapist about the um, about the tapering off that I'm experiencing right. in my career, right? And it's kind of like, you know, I had mm, my own TV yeah, yeah, show yeah. for a while. I was I was a hundred percent on the list of people that get yeah. booked for shit. You know, like I did. I wasn't overlooked for anything for ages, and uh, and then a tapering off begins, and it happens, and and you become less bookable on TV and, and stuff like that. And it's, and yeah, it is painful whether it's just, whether it's just or not is neither here nor there. I mean, it's helped massively by being married to an absolutely brilliant comedian. <laughs> so when that question comes up, well, why aren't I getting booked? Well, because my yeah. wife is quite rightly. <laughs> she's younger than me. She's brilliant. You know, it's quite rightly. That's, that's what's supposed to happen. Comedy's not supposed to fix itself on, a person and then stay with them forever it's it should be about what's not totally new yeah, but yeah. newer newish you know i'm interested in that so anyway i was talking to my therapist about the sort of tapering off and how painful i i found it and whether as i get older do i want to be doing that mm. thing of coming down the motorway in the middle of the night and you know maybe the lanes are closed and and all of that and then the pandemic came along and took it away and i'm like yeah well that's helped 
Because, yeah, I yeah. do want this. I do want this, actually. You take it away from me, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I really want this. It's a wonderful thing to do. It's not always easy, but it's a wonderful yeah. thing to do. It's, it's brilliant. It's magic. I like, I, and you know, you're right. The great. pandemic really, because before, I was getting a bit jaded with it all, and not necessarily the doing, I love doing the comedy. I think it was all the bullshit around it that was getting to me a little bit and waiting on money from promoters and stuff like that. And, you're, and that is it's like, oh, just mm. if I get paid when I got did the gig, I'd be fine. You know, so there's all these little things that, that were playing on my mind. And then this hit and it all got taken away. And as you say, and then after it's like, I, okay, yeah, I really know. I used to really love that. I used to really love sitting in a petrol station at 3 a.m. Mm. Just, you know, just you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. wondering whether, <laughs> wondering whether, whether, whether the detour has gone. Like now I've run out of signs, just standing going, I remember be, actually being in it was in it was in Leeds or something like that. I remember we just sort of we pulled up this roundabout and there was one car that side, one car that side, and we all wound our windows down and just looked at each other. And went, Any ideas? Any ideas at all? Uh, where are we going now? Because <laughs> all the signs just stopped. Um, but well, that's interesting what you say about your because I know Noel Gallagher said this. I, I reference him quite a bit because it's interesting what he says. Not at the minute he's saying some weird shit, but when he talks, when he talks about the industry. Sure. And he's talking about, you know, at one point or another, the industry will be all about you. And and then that, and you're the centre of it all. Everyone's running around you. And then eventually it'll kind of move along and it move on. To, and the trick is not to chase it. That's when the desperation sits, sets in. Mm. But it must be hard, right? Because I, I, you know, I know of you of, from that, you know. And so it must be hard yeah. for you I, I, and, and to be the centre of everything. Yeah. And then it kind of moves along. And of course that plays on your mind. Because you think it's something you've done. Yeah, it, it exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, you know, it is. I, you could argue it's something you've done. You know, in that. Uh, can you? I don't know. I like. I was thinking mm. of Stuart Lee, who's enjoyed the arguably the most successful and productive part of his career much later on, despite from most people's point of view, actually making incredible work for a long time before. I don't know. That thing about chasing it's really interesting though, because I think I think Noel Gallagher's mm. right about that. Like don't chase it because actually you'll look yeah. a fool if you do anyway. And and look I don't mean look a fool in terms of your own pride, but if you look a fool, um you become much yes. less bookable. Yeah. That desperation. Yeah. You know, like Peter, it's that, uh, no, that's a bit, that's a bit frantic, you know. Um, but at the same time, there is an element of chasing it. And there is at least a sort of an element of just be yeah. willing. You know, Andy Smart, who I adore, who's, you know, comedy store Smart, players. Yeah. His book's great, by the way, A Hitch in Time. Wonderful. He's He put a thing, uh, someone said one of those internet meme things, like in four words, the best advice you can give. And his was two sentences: say yes, learn yeah, right. later. And that's Andy. That's Andy Smart all through. Like we went off and did the Cresta run together, wow. the, the Bob, the <laughs> infamous bobsleigh track that's killed people. And we and they they said um, they said on your first run you should come in at around seventy seconds, around about seventy seconds. If you're much slower than that, you're too cautious. Quicker than that, you're being <laughs> reckless. And I did it in seventy three. Okay. And Andy came in at 59 <laughs> seconds. He's going straight <laughs> down. Like, oh, oh, my God. And his eyes were like saucers. But that thing, like, 
say yes, learn later, you know, there's an arrogance to that. Of course there is. And you don't want to ruin someone's night or whatever by not knowing what you're doing or ruin anything else or take a ministerial position and learn later, <laughs> you know. But uh, but that thing is just say yes and see see what happens. Be willing for it to go wrong or to walk away and go, well, it mm. wasn't that. That's not the one. But say saying yes, I think, is yeah. is crucial. Because you no, never no. know, do you? Never know what you might. Oh, well, this is it. I always, yeah. this is, someone else said that the other day, and I'm like, I, I always say, yeah, even though I'm petrified. Like TV warm up, every time I've done it, I've gone, oh, I'm not going to do that again. I don't think I'm very good at it. And then it'll come up again. I go, yeah, go on then. I'll give it another go. And then every time yeah. I walk away, from it, oh, God, I was, I was just asking them about supermarkets. What was I doing? You know, just. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, you, I think. That but that just goes to show what kind of a life we've had as well because we've said yes to lots of things. I've, I got to go skiing. I'd never skied before. You and I met you, and then you taught me how to ski, which is so I'd never. You know, I said that. I said to someone, I said Marcus Briggs helped me out to taught me how to ski. And he's like, what? <laughs> what a mad sentence! And it just and that's because I said yes to going in the first place. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a and we had really? a lovely day. It was great. And you fell you fell into the um pit around the base of a tree and it was really, really difficult to get you out. It was at that point I decided yeah. to take a photo. We had a lovely day. And the thing is, I guess yes, I mean there's the say yes of mm. of that particular thing and anything like it, I think. But also, like for me, like cause winter sports skiing and snowboarding specifically yeah. you've seen right yeah. it lights me up so much and i'm not a sports um not a big sports guy by the way i watched my first ever football match what you've never watched week. one before i watched uh i've never watched a football match <laughs> in my life i've seen bits obviously but i sat and i watched the whole thing england v yeah. denmark the whole thing including the special encore they did the second act <laughs> wonderful um so i'm not i'm not a big sports guy but i do love the winter sports and actually like going skiing with you that that day and seeing you get like noticeably measurably yeah. better at it so that you were like often yeah. nailing it like linking together loads of turns and not falling over is to me the same as like coming off the top of a big hill and that big yeah. surge of adrenaline you know it was lovely. lovely it was a really nice day it's a lovely day but this is it it's have you felt because i know that i've been doing this 17 years and it's been there's been a lot of sacrifices there's been a lot of weddings i've not been to and that that was something in the lockdown i kind yeah. of i thought back i'm like i probably could have I could have stayed at that wedding. I didn't have to shoot off like I did, but I was so hell bent on the gigs. The gigs were everything, and it. But it's mm. meant that relationships mm. have fallen apart. It's meant um, I've got a good relationship with my kids, but not. No, I think it is a good relationship with my kids. They didn't really. But I only. I, I sort of had to mm. squeeze them in, and I had to squeeze because everything was comedy, 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 comedy. And I think was that the same with you? It's kind of you're just so in it. And it's not even about fame. It's about, I just really yeah. want to do this. I want this to work, you know? Yeah. yeah. It costs a lot. It just does. It just, it costs a lot. And um, and the deal is, it's such an obvious one to me. It's like, yes, of course, of course, the price is, is worth it. And I'm the same, man. You know, like my brother, I've got a lot of cousins, loads of cousins, <laughs> thousands of us. Um, we're not even Catholic. We're just breeders, you know? And uh but genuinely, like the last big Brigstock family gathering we had, there were more than wow. 60 of us. 
and not everyone okay. was there. Crazy. But my, so my brother went to all of the weddings and so he knows all my cousins and their partners really, really well. And I went, I didn't no. go to any of them because uh, in fact, I probably, and this is really awful. I probably didn't reply either because I was doing the thing yeah. you do as a comic, which is go, well, I mean, all right, that's on a Saturday. I mean, I haven't got a gig in, but yeah. I'm hoping for one because I mean, I guess it comes back to that idea of when the spotlight's mm. on you as well. There is a spot in your life where the bookers are going, oh, can we get you? Because you were yeah. great last time or, or whatever. And then you're like, well, yeah, great. I like to be liked. I want to be wanted. And sure enough, you know, when that spotlight moves on and leaves you behind yeah. and you're like, hey, <laughs> you're like, well, I'm, I'm pretty glad I said yes to the gigs. Not because it made a lot of money particularly, but because with a few exceptions along the way, yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. them. Yeah. I love it. I like, I really love it. There's a thing that happens the moment I step up on stage that is unmatched by most other things in my life. And, I, you know, as someone who's had uh, lifelong problems with addiction, it does seem to me, even though I've probably worked too much sometimes, that the way in which comedy has mm. to ration itself, like you can only do a certain number of shows. I mean, Jimmy Carr's pushing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy does a lot of shows, a lot of shows. I'm astonished constantly by his work ethic. Um, but it's kind of limited. You can only do that that many shows. But I'm I'm really yeah. glad of it, man. I'm I'm glad about the choices. Not all the choices, but the, certainly the choices in comedy mm. that I've made, including the, yeah. the mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you mentioned. And I'm glad a lot of what I did early days wasn't filmed. <laughs> I think a few people have said that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Imagine starting now. Every <laughs> single minute that you're on stage, it's just, it's just somewhere on a, a little video somewhere. Oh, my God. I know. Yep. You mentioned you mentioned addiction. Gary. And that was interesting. That, yeah. what, so has that been a problem throughout your life? That was a thing? Yeah, my whole life, life, man. My whole life. I, I went into rehab oh when God. I was 17. So, um, so the intervention for me was around my, uh, eating right. disorder. So I've always, I mean, from the age of eight, I've been a compulsive overeater and people think when you say that, or some people think when you say that, like what likes is mm. likes is nosh. Um, and I do like my nosh. I really like my nosh, but it's not that it's eating when you don't oh, want really? to. That's what's, that's what compulsion is. You know, that's like, we all have that where you're like, you know, if you're in that garage on the way back from Leeds in the middle of the night, standing there going, well, it's either a grab bag of hula hoops or it's what they're calling a family pack, but this is a long <laughs> yeah. drive. You know, that's, that's different. But I mean like proper, proper mad, like eating out what? of bins you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, proper craziness, stealing from friends and family uh, in a way that you know mm -hmm. is shameful or you can feel the sense of shame in yourself mm. when you're doing it, but the urge for it is bigger than that. And and then then there's stuff about being overweight, which, you know, as, a, as an adult, I'm definitely sort of more at, at peace with. I still have some difficulties with it it feels uncomfortable but i think mostly those are long shadows cast by being um a i mean clinic clinical diagnosis morbidly mm. obese um yeah. teenager being that heavy when you're a child is problematic because there are demands on what you have to do so 
it was that that got me into rehab. And then I went in there and there's these questions you have to fill in, like 30 questions that will tell you whether you are or aren't Mm. an alcoholic or a drug addict or blah, blah, blah. On food, I got 29 out of 30. Uh, And by the way, more than 10, you're an addict. More than 20, you're in trouble. And like more than 25, you're doing very well to to read the form. (laughs) And uh, I got... I got like 29 on food and I got, I think, 26 on alcohol, Mm, which I was 17, you know, and 20, about 24 or so on on drugs. So I got sober from drugs and alcohol more than 30 Mm. years ago and I've never... I've never relapsed on that, but food's more complicated because yeah, you have to deal with it. Yeah, I was going to say day. that because it's, yeah, because it's it, yeah, with yeah, drinking drugs, yeah, we can sort of understand what the compulsion is. It's that because it, it gets you ramped up and it, you feel euphoric. And whereas with food, yeah, yeah you feel good or you've eaten it. Well, yeah, food, food really. does that to me. Food 100% does that to me, man. Like 100%. There's the, the sort of um, emotional end of it which is obviously like when you're a baby you get breastfed first and then weaned and then you have that long process of eat this up aren't you good mummy made you this daddy got you this if you then then you can Mm. you know if you eat this you can have this or who's he's such a good eater good boy eat up lots of approval lots of love and there's nothing like my parents didn't do anything wrong you know like just normal amounts of that but in a bit of a broken addict brain that got that got very sad Mm. very very young um that love thing the love connection with food uh, was just a bit overdone mm. for me, or completely overdone for me. And I still have it. I'm still like, I'm such a provider yeah. with food and it brings me such joy to <laughs> share, to make food and share it with, with people, you know, and, and I like that. I don't, you know, I've no, I've no problem with it. But so there's that part of it. But then there's also like, you know, Christmas yeah. afternoon when you lie there and that's an opiate buzz. Really? Like it's the same part of your brain that is, that's like that, that's got that sort of deep, satisfied, yeah. heavy, you know, lying like a python <laughs> trying, to, trying to digest it kind of kind of thing. So, so there's that. And then there's also like, although it's subtle compared to sort of cocaine or anything like that, the high from in the kinds of, you know, the amount of sugar that I would have when I was really mm. bang at it. You know, like I I remember one Easter when I was, I think it was only about 12 or something, I was given this giant Mars bar, which contained eight king-size Mars wow. bars inside it as an Easter present. And just I just one after them. the other? Just all of them. I ate, yeah, I ate eight king-size Mars bars, age 12, one after another, and then went what? and had lunch. So it was like, yeah. it was broken. My brain was just broken where, where all that stuff was concerned. I couldn't... Um, yeah, couldn't put it back in line. And so, yeah, so I got help with it and I was very rigid for the first maybe three, four years. I ate three meals a day, nothing in between. I ate my meals at pretty much the same time every day. I didn't no. calorie count, but I stopped eating sugar and white flour. And I was like on that for four years. And I went from, I was about... um 24 stone i went to 11 stone in seven months so i lost i lost 13 stone in seven months aged 18 yeah that weirdly like that will also yeah this is it yeah (laughs) i was i was nuts i was nuts 
I also fell over all the time after them because my centre of gravity oh, cool. was off the clock because I was like, Rah! and also like my my leg muscles were huge because they'd spent all my life oh, carrying around wow. 20, 20 something stone, and they that doesn't no. all just disappear straight away, you know. So if I ran upstairs, which I would, because I was like. My body was just like a wire, just this amazing, powerful thing. And I go up a flight of stairs and then my body just goes, sorry, no head blood. I go over. It was great, man. It was a wild time. And I got I got crazy into um into clubbing then in the early nineties. And um yeah, it was great. It was good times, man. It was good times. But addiction's just Mm. there in my life. It's there in my life a few um four and a half years ago just over four and a half years ago uh i stopped right, porn. Okay. i just cut i cut porn out of my life a hundred percent and like i won't even even if i on like facebook or whatever kind of bathing yeah. suit stuff i just skim past it because i kind of i, I looked at what it does to the human brain and then what it does to an addict inclined brain and the amount of time I spent alone and then the amount of time I spent looking at porn not for any sexual reason just looking at porn because it makes your brain feel something little dopamine fire every time so I went that's it that it, I, sadly <laughs> sadly it's on the list so i put it i put it i put it on the list but porn's like alcohol you know like you you yeah. can just stop uh, yeah you could just stop it doesn't mean you have to stop no. having sex i think it but, does i know, think it does affect yeah, i think it does affect it helped. your sex life because it, you just become desensitized to everything i know i had that for a bit i remember when i was married man. i remember i remember my uh, my lovely ex-wife coming in and, she, and i'd shut the laptop and then, and then we did sort yeah. of went about our day and did this, did that, and then I think we were in bed that night. And then she said, I've got to talk to you about something. I'm like, okay. She went, I came in earlier and you shut the laptop. Like, are you, well, what's going on? Are you, are you having an affair? And I, and I went, no, God, no, I'm looking at porn and I don't want to. And it just kind of opened up this whole thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm not uh, even, yeah. I'm not even, I'm, I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for something. Because I'm not even playing with myself. Yeah, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just like, oh, not that. No, not that. Yeah. Just staring at it. And it's, yeah. yeah. That's do- yeah. It's dopamine, man. So, uh, you know, the human brain has evolved to to fire a small amount of dopamine into your brain every time you register a potential right. sexual partner. Uh, this is true for men and for women, but it's particularly true for men. Small little bit of dopamine, the prep drug, be ready, uh. this could be sex. This could be sex. This could be sex. And we are not capable of looking at an image on the screen and differentiating between, no, this isn't sex. This is, this is a, a person or, or people <laughs> behind, behind, or, you know, behind uh, the yeah. laptop screen. And the way that porn is structured is, is guided by our human instinct, but like page after page after page opens. I mean, a lot of them are like, click on something, it opens yeah. 10 other windows. Each of them have 10 windows in. And so your brain is just getting this like dopamine, 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 dopamine overload. And when you pull away from that, it's really hard to be yeah. happy, let alone sexual. It's just genuinely really hard to be happy. And when people talk about, um, you know, kids and porn, their worry seems to be that, you know, that they'll stumble over some 
German, Japanese. I don't know what it is about people who came second in World War Two, but all they like, they like a bit, a bit of filth. That they, but um, that seem extreme. Some like really extreme, niche, yeah, some really niche, messed up stuff. And you're like, and when I say messed up, I, I, I'm like, like it's mm. up to you, isn't it? But for kids, that is a worry. But the worry for me as a as a parent is not about that. It's not about the specifics so much of, of what they see, but this this right. dopamine thing, which I also have with with my phone. Like I've I've stopped looking at any porn for like over four years, and it's been great, man. I there was genuinely like a feeling of clarity that I got afterwards and yeah. of well being. It was painful yeah, to begin with, but but. Um, but a feeling of clarity and and a deep gratitude, like like a part of me wow. came back. Uh, the same is also true my relationship with my phone yeah. generally, and that I'm not quite ready to address. <laughs> but I think a lot of people have got that. It's that there. I do feel a sense yeah. of achievement if I wake up in the morning, do other things, and then I look at social media. And it doesn't happen very often. Every now and again, I'll manage it. I'll, yeah. I'm about to spring out of bed and do something. And then it's like, oh, I haven't looked at my phone yet. I haven't checked my messages. And then, then I'm back in it. And then there's that sadness comes back. I'm like, oh, I'm doing this again now. I'm like, all day just skin yeah, through. Yeah. It's not, you're not even looking it's at it. And again, it's like you're not missing anything. You're just in it. And it's. And I think there's a, there's a, there's a, a misunderstanding what people say about addiction where they go, oh, you just really like doing stuff that you really like. You're like no, no, it's more than that. Like you say, it's the compulsion. You're doing it. You don't even want to do it. Yeah. You know, you're going, you know, that's... That's the that's the thing. Like, I would never say to someone, and people often ask me, oh, how do I stop drinking? Or how do I drink less? Or, you know, da 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 And I'm like, well, for Christ's sake, don't, unless mm. you need to. Like, don't drink less. Drink with people. I really like, and it's taken time, but I really like being around people who, mm. are, who are drinking. I don't like showing up somewhere where yeah. people are already drunk. I hate that. It's awful. But... Being around people as they get pissed <laughs> yeah. is wonderful. It's great. I just go with them. You know, like I don't drink. I'm, uh, there's nothing in the things I'm doing really, but it's just like the, as their social inhibitors get dialed down, so do mine because I'm like, well, yeah. well, why not just go, go with them? So I would always say to anyone like, you know, as someone who's had to stop a lot of stuff in my life, I'd say like, don't stop unless you definitely, definitely need to and the same with the phone and social media like i yeah. really enjoy it i see so much stuff during the pandemic especially what i've seen is loads of people who i'd much rather mm. be in a room with but loads of them making me laugh or making me yeah. think or pissing me off <laughs> any of that you know i'll take i'll take any of it man yeah and you're right like it's the difference between compulsion and you know overdoing it i can overdo it on tons of things but if I really don't want to be mm. doing it and I'm still doing it, that's yeah. a big problem. Because also then there's the whole, there's the whole secrecy yes. thing. You know, like I would think that most men and plenty of women too actually have snapped their laptops shut when a partner's come in the room because mm. they're looking at porn. And it's a pretty mild secret. It's not very difficult to say, yeah, yeah I was looking at porn, that's fine. But basically, if you're not being honest with someone who you love when they express any love or affection for you, if you have a secret, any significant secret between you and them, it's like a deflector mm, yeah, shield. Right. And they, so they'll go like, I love you. And somewhere, even if it's not conscious, your brain goes, 
Yeah, but you don't know yeah. what I did. You don't know what yeah. you know what I am. You don't know how I lived today or yesterday or what I did last night. And it's like a deflector shield. So when people talk about being unlovable or feeling unloved, yeah. they are. Not really, but they are because the any love that's expressed, any affection that's expressed from is like just yeah. bounced off them. It's like a laminate. It's like a laminate on a human being. So I'm very like I've no yeah. secrets with <laughs> with my wife, you know, uh, like scrupulously no wow. secrets with with my wife. And it's really, 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 really important to me because I've gone a long way in to messing up relationships with people who mm. I still loved and couldn't understand why what I was experiencing was a profound sense yes. of loneliness even though I was uh, married to him or whatever, you know, like profound, overwhelming sense of detachment and loneliness or whatever. And it wasn't my fault per se, but it was yeah. my behavior, you know? So I'm very kind of, I'm very scrupulous about that. It does it's really make important. a difference, doesn't it? It really does. It's that, I've, I know that I've been the same in past relationships. I've talked about it on here being, there's this, you know, I, I, you know, I've, I have, I've, I've cheated on people, and I've been dishonest, and I've done. It was never, it was, but it was never like, oh, look at me, I'm running around doing this and doing that. I was doing things I didn't even know why I was doing them. So I'm like, why am I doing this? I love this person. Why am mm. I fucking around? Because I like mm. that person as well. What am I doing? All I'm doing is causing yeah. upset and pain and sadness to people that like me. And I didn't, and yeah, yeah, no sense. And it's also, it's also why having sharing that secret like having an affair with someone so i was married i had an affair and having that secret mm. with someone will create a frenzied um connection with them that feels nuts because it is true that they are the only person who knows yeah. you at that moment they're the only person they like they might know you're married or you're in a relationship or whatever and then you have this like this insane closeness with them. And that, that's what I experienced and couldn't understand why, whilst my moral code was telling me, um, and, and, you know, my heart was telling me too, well, be yeah. close with your wife. You still love her. She's a great person. You, you know, what's, this is nuts. But that, it couldn't compete with the feeling I got when I was with the person that I was having the affair with because it was our, yeah, you know, our crazy intense little world. Yeah, yeah I think created. there's a, yeah. It's yeah. so <laughs> obvious. And when I was in it, when I was in it, you could have sat me down and explained, you could have shown me the graphs and done the science and all the rest of it and gone, Marcus, it's this. That is what's happening. And I'd have been like, yeah, yeah but, but I love her. <laughs> Just get caught up in, because there's stuff you haven't dealt with from the past and there's something about you that you haven't dealt with. And I remember being out, going out with a girl years ago and, um, and she sat me down. She kept, she just kept catching me talking to other women, mucking around. And then one day she said, we're going to watch a film today. And I'm like, all right then. And we watched Alfie, you know, the Michael Caine, we watched Michael Caine, Alfie. And oh, she yeah, sat yeah, there yeah. and watched yeah. that. And then she just went, that's going to be you. If you don't stop fucking around and upsetting everybody, you're good. This is what you're going to end up like. And I went, yeah, but I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not that. I'm not that. And it really, you know. And also, yeah, look how well dressed he is. <laughs> he may be lonely, but that's a sharp suit. <laughs> what? I'll be in, in a slightly older Michael Caine. All right. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. Wow, what a what a thing, man. She she Very was pretty smart. smart. And she just went, look, you're you see, you're you're pretty smart. There's elements of you that's brilliant. You're you're brilliant, but you are just getting in your own way, you absolute dickhead. And I, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I, I mean, I think that I think that life is predominantly about getting in your own way you know like you you mentioned just then about like stuff from your past that you know that you carry with you so i do a lot of stuff for myself and with others for people in recovery mm -hmm. from addiction right work with people all the time and most people are looking for that thing they're like so what happened oh you went I, you yeah. went to boarding school did you when you were seven okay cool yeah it'll be that then or you had a Nancy uncle or you blah, 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 blah. And it's all true and it's all important. But the reality for me is that the stuff that's hurt me the most and has caused the most lasting harm in my life is my yeah. own behavior. And it's not a big, it's, I'm not, I haven't killed someone or anything like that. Uh, what's happened is every day for long periods of time, I've done slightly isolating, slightly mm. shameful things. Yeah just slightly, and just adjusted the narrative about myself. And the reason most addicts, you know, do whatever they do, go and see a prostitute on a Wednesday, yeah. a sex addict, I mean, go and see a prostitute on a Wednesday is because they saw one on right. Monday. And it's a secret and they feel shit about it and they're isolated. How do they feel better? Well, they go and see yeah. another one on Wednesday. Someone who's like addicted to amphetamines or whatever it may be, why do they want to do it again? They know the harm it causes. Well, they do it not because they something awful mm. happened when they were a kid. They do it because they did it yesterday and they feel like shit today and yeah. the debt's worse and the problems are worse and, and the, their friends have started to pull away from them. Much more so yeah. with alcohol, definitely. Any of these isolating, shaming behaviours, it's like... And, and I don't mean that to be like any sort of finger-wagging I think for me at least, like that's where the great yeah. hope lies. It lies in the fact that you have within you, you have the the capacity to change your own narrative, to change your own behavior. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard. But when we talk now, and it's, 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 there's loads of it, and I think it's really helpful and good. But when I see people talk about mental health yeah. online, and you're not talking about mental health, you're talking yeah. about mental illness. <laughs> yeah. It's not the same. Health is health. Is, yeah. Yeah. Health is health. <laughs> What you've got, mate, is, is mental illness, right? And that's all right. The good news is it's fixable. But sometimes the people are saying, I've got some mental health problems or mental health issues, and I see others going like, well, just, you know, if you need a day of doing nothing under the duvet and all the rest of it, and the lists of don't tell depressed people to go oh, for yeah. a walk, I'm like, yeah, I know. And yet also, having been there several times in my life, Shit started to change, not when someone told me, but when someone went, I'm coming for yeah. a walk with you. You know, like fucking yeah. do something. It's, it, for me, like, and I, I know what my whole view of everybody's mental health issues is tainted by my own experience because I'm <laughs> arrogant and, uh, but, but no, but I mean, in a, I don't mean that in a particularly bad way, but genuinely, like, the solution to my problems yeah. has been action. It's been action. It just has. It's yes. been about doing. What you're gonna do, you know? What you're gonna do, and uh, so I do often wrongly go. You got to do something. You got to do something. And I, I, the reality, Rich, is some people don't need to do something. No. They don't. 
you know, and I don't, I don't, I couldn't know what's what's up with them. But for me, the answer has been in absolutely doing, the same. I get, you know. I get, the sadness piles up, and then I start doing that. Yeah, so porn, maybe drinking, not necessarily drugs. I don't, I've made a point of not having yeah. any numbers. I don't know anybody anymore, so I'm like, that's. Yeah. I don't have that. Oh, I'll just get, a, I'll just get a bit, or I'll do this, or I'll do that. It's normally yeah. a social thing now. And I'll be out and I go, do you want a bit of that? I go, yeah, go on and have a bit. But it isn't even like, oh, I need some more now. It's like, oh, that was fun. I quite like that. But yeah. but porn, sure. porn is the one. That's the one that keeps popping up at the minute. And you're like, right, I need to do something about that. Mm. But yeah, actual, I, I let the sadness come in. I let it squash me. And then I go, well, there's no point in doing anything anyway. No one gives a shit. No, no one gives a shit. The amount of times I've nearly pulled the plug on this podcast, I thought, oh, no one gives a fuck about this. But then someone will message me and go, mate, that episode saved my marriage. This did this, this did that. And you go, I'm being yeah, a prick. Yeah, yeah, Get yeah. out of it. And and yeah, by going <laughs> for a walk, going out, re- replying to a text, just by going, I'm really, because I built it up. I was going, oh, shit, I've not replied to them. Mm-hmm. Now it's too late. Now I'm really like a dickhead. And then you go, yeah, but if yeah. you just go, I'm really sorry, mate. I'm really sorry. Look, I was just feeling this way. And then I build it up. If you just tell them what was going on, most people go, mate, I'll get it. You're a dickhead. Come on. Let's go out. Yeah. 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 100%. 100%. I've got a, a, one mate in particular, but there's a few actually in my life who I've just I've just gone like, I, I've decided I will not be cross when I don't yeah. hear back from you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll get to me. There's one in particular, right? And I love her to bits and she's been a mate for such a long time. And she's only like fairly recently found happiness in a relationship. And whenever I hear from her, she very sweetly says, oh, I'm so sorry, I've been so shit about keeping in touch. I'm like, you're <laughs> you're getting it done. Your life's on, online. Fuck's sake, forget about yeah. me because we will be mates and it will be okay. And then there are other people I don't hear back from who I'm like, well, honestly, my guess is that relationship's probably yeah. fallen away now and, and off it goes. But there's a weird... And I think quite a cool thing with comedians where you can you go f- four, five years or something without having seen someone who you've once yeah. done a gig with, maybe literally only once or twice, get in a dressing room with them. And it's not like old long lost buddies, but you're like, yeah, we're connected by all this. And the conversation yeah. is instant and joyful. I mean, Chris, you and I no, don't know each other well. <laughs> we've, we've barely hung out like at a lovely time on a mountainside couple of other gigs here and there that's about it you know but i'm always pleased to see but you i'm always pleased yeah i I'm get you pleased. <laughs> yeah likewise man yeah 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 i watch your videos when you pop out for a walk <laughs> it's nuts man. i do i love them i love them i find them really you know what? I, Funny I enough them. to say that my mate i've got a mate i've known all my life all my life and um, we he's not in it he's not in the industry we've known each other since we were kids tiny kids and he, I always thought he was solid. He got, he did the right, you know, the, the right thing. Like he left school, decent job, got married, had mm. kids, and he, he's been through some shit, with, you know, with whatever else. But I always thought he was rock solid. And from those videos, someone sent him one and went, uh, "Look at this! Look what Richie's doing!" And we barely, we we WhatsApp each other, film links and things like that. I've seen this movie's coming out, this program, this that, and the other. And he messaged me and he went, I just watched your video and I really need to talk to you. And we met up, we met up and walked along the South Bank and he was telling me what he's been going through. And he's been going through some horror, like real shit, like really like there's self-harm involved and, you know, and you're like, oh my God, I thought you, mm. was, you were the solid one. So it just goes to show yeah, yeah. you just don't know unless you speak to each other. No. 
you just don't know. Yeah. Exactly, man. Never never compare your insides to other people's no. outsides. And like that that was that was something I got told 30 something years ago and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's good. That's helpful." And then the internet got invented and it's more important now than ever before. Like don't compare your experience even to people who are who've made it their mission that day to be honest about what they're yeah. going through. Right. So, you know, your your films and you mm. go out, go for a walk, talk about what's happening for you and all the rest of it. Even don't compare yourself to that because you can easily go, oh, he's getting it right. Yeah, and I'm getting yeah. it wrong. And da, da, da. Just look at it and go, well, what what do you see? What I see is is people constantly looking for patterns and connection. Right, yeah. You know, like we're pattern seeking creatures, which makes the life of a comedian really bizarre because nothing's the same ever. We choose this like different, 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 different. And yet, you know, like give, oh, give me a half regular yeah. job to do and I'm happy as Larry. Give me a rehearsal room where I have to be there at the same time every day. I'm like, mm, but also we're just looking we for connection, you know, and I know that's an old, tired old cliche, but people are looking for a means by which we can connect and compare with others. Yeah. yeah. That's it, isn't it? Like life's kind of quite simple, <laughs> quite simple like that, yeah. really. And I think it's, um, I'm lucky like yeah. with, with my missus, we are, so this, the pandemic, like we got married just before wow. the pandemic came along. So this has been like an extended honeymoon, uh, in that it's, it's too long. <laughs> We've overbooked the breakfast buffet is out of control <laughs> and it's way too expensive. Um, but, but like we have ended up, uh, just sort of like connecting with each other on a very brilliant and exciting level over the last year mm. and a half, because yeah. it's just been us, just been us, you know, and in so many ways, I'm really, really yeah, grateful absolutely. for it, you know, really grateful yeah. for this time. It's, it's been, I would, I would not have no. chosen it. And if it's offered again, I'll say no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll definitely say no, man. But you've got oh a baby God. on the way now as well. Oof. I mean, how that's you're going to be a dad. You're going to be a dad so again. close, man. A dad again. That's yeah. So 19 years after I almost 19 years after I became a dad, uh, going round again, and I'm either we're now like three weeks away from the baby coming. I'm either rose tinting the hell out of this, like an idiot would. <laughs> Or I'm genuinely just at a place in my life where I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I've been tired yeah. before. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, bits of it are awful. And I am i don't doubt I will make some decisions when I'm very, very tired that I regret immediately and for months afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be all right as well, you know. But mostly genuinely, Rich, I like, I'm so excited to meet this little person now. We've been, we've had a, a, a an appalling time of it. We had a, a late stage pregnancy oh, loss um, last year, which is a thing that a great many people mm. go through, you know, like people go through miscarriage and a lot also go through like a late stage pregnancy loss and it's horrendous. Like we had oh. to deliver a child that we knew was dead and that was at the height of the pandemic. So oh, Rachel man. was in hospital on her own no. i wasn't allowed in like she didn't do she didn't do the delivery on her own i was i was there for yeah. all of that but so we've like we've been through that experience and uh thank goodness managed to mm. get pregnant again and this has been a very 
intensely observed pregnancy because the problems that happened last time still exist. So we've been like, when people talk about gratitude to the NHS, like we're, we're, we're I'm not suggesting others don't feel it too, but like we're next level grateful because there's, there's like machinery that you get introduced to in the NHS or not machinery, but like um, means of working in the NHS that you get introduced to that you mercifully don't yeah, have to well. imagine. And it's actually, it's yeah. admin. You know, all the people go, oh, you're layers of administration, all the managers and all the rest of it. Well, I tell you what, the managers who've overseen the structure that we fell into when our mm. world came apart, like, God bless wow. those people, man. They are yeah. amazing people. They're amazing. Um, so, yeah, so we've been through this kind of wild and intense That must have been so uh, traumatic. Experience. To, it's like, it's, that I can't even yeah. begin to comprehend the feelings that Rachel must have it, gone through that. Yeah. It's nuts, man. Like it's, you can't, uh, I was about to say there aren't words for it. It's not true. Like it's just a sadness that's so mm. massive. It, it's just swallows you up completely, but it swallowed us both up together in the same way. Mm. And at the same time, you know, and so we just held each other really, really tight, literally physically and emotionally held each other really, really tight. We we're very gentle uh, in the in the period that, that followed and got lots yeah, of yeah, help. Yeah. You know, like the <laughs> NHS provided uh, someone for us to talk to, uh, 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 people who've been bereaved in, in pregnancy. And then you kind of get scooped up if you become okay. pregnant again, you get scooped up into the same system as parents who are then dealing with a, a pregnancy that, every every day reminds course, you yeah. of like this thing happened you know so and we, <laughs> we've we've been to the hospital so many times man we're like yeah. <laughs> oh we're going in again it's okay it's yeah. fine we're going in again it's all right it's fine it's fine like in and out in and out but like and that's that's what they've been like and they've, they've really looked after us so yeah we're three weeks away and i feel like I just can't wait to meet the be, little guy, you know. I think, oh, you know already, yeah. Oh, man. You're going to be, you're going to yeah, be, yeah. I think, because you're, you've got a more, a better understanding of the world, you're going to, you're, you, you're in a different place now. You're in a better, more chilled place. I think you're going to be spectacular yeah. as a dad. Not that you weren't before. Yeah. I hope so, man. Well, I, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, what, I think the most helpful thing I, I believe in at the moment as a parent is uh, that it's a, it's a series of managed failures. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but in a positive way, that it's always a series of managed failures. So your best day out at the beach, the best one at the beach, incredible. Whole family's there, sun shining, bucket and spade, everyone went for a swim and all the rest. Someone's still going to get a sandy butthole, <laughs> right? So it's they just are because that's what happens. And it's okay, like it's all right. if you, As long as you don't, because it's a whole human being, isn't it? As long as you don't strive to make yeah. it perfect, then it will be okay and just go like, <laughs> some of this will be shit. Uh, yeah. Then it, it, it'll it be all right. So I'm very excited about it. Oh, it's going to be Very great. excited. And, and, you know, like, so happy with Rachel as well, you know, like, and can't wait to just be yeah, a parent with yeah. her. You know, with, with my two kids who are just amazing people, like they're, almost adults now i was trying to be a comedian and super dad 
and and middle class yeah, dad yeah, meeting yeah. all of those expectations as well at the same time and it was a little bit more yeah. than i could manage but even that like you know i got two happy healthy kids who i love this and they is love it me, this is so. how you know like my lads my my boys are 23 and 29 and i and i i worried that i hadn't been a good enough dad hadn't been around enough and blah 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 and i, and I remember saying to them one day I'm really sorry I could have been better. And they both went, what are you talking about? You were fine. You, you're you. And you did what you could. And you are fine. And it was a really nice moment. We all started crying. I'm like, I just thought I'd been shit. Yeah. I know you're the best dad ever. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't handle it. And, it was, and then I hear them talking about what's gone on around the world. And, and they've got such a brilliant understanding yeah. of everything that's happening. And they're so grounded and so... They've got their own opinions. They're grown-ups. And, I, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, they're fine. They're fine. And like your, your, your kids are fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, it's not perfect. They've got their issues and their struggles. And the last year and a half has been, I think for teenagers and people yeah. in their early 20s, I think it's been the worst. And they continue to be yeah. the overlooked and the sort of, ah, they'll they'll get through it by the government and others. So, you know, there's that. But yeah, my guys, like my t my two kids, my teenage kids, uh, you know. There you go. That's great. all you can ask for, they're man. Great. Right then. This has been great, yeah. Marcus. I know you've got to shoot off. Been lovely. So mate. lovely, man. So lovely. Yeah, I do have good. to shoot off. It's been what a joy. A pleasure. Do uh, I'll yeah, see you around we'll the track, you. man. Hopefully <laughs> on a mountain somewhere. Where can we find you online? Is there anything you want to plug? Or is there anything you want to, uh, we can find you? Do you know what I'm about to, like everything's sort of tapering off now for the arrival of, of the baby, but I'll be out on, you know, I'll be Lovely. out gigging around when I can and I'll be out on tour next year and Rachel's on tour later this year. So I'll be literally backstage <laughs> with the baby going, that's all right, babe. <laughs> this has been wonderful, mate. Enjoy the rest of your day. So lovely, soon. pal. Cheers, mate. Take care. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.